Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. And I'm so happy that you're here today. I believe the Holy Spirit will share some things that bring illumination to your understanding of God's plan for your life. I want to talk today about the wonder of personal prophecy, the great blessing, even the the supernatural element of the wonder of it. And I want to take this in, in a direction that's not often talked about in Pentecostal or charismatic spirit-filled type circles. And it's something that we need to address today. It's a good thing. And I want you to uh, understand that I believe that as we're discussing this today, that the Holy Spirit will illuminate your prophetic future. And as you see it, you must become it before you ever step into it. In other words, within your heart, you must believe, yes, that all of that is on the inside of me. And as I walk with the Lord and use my faith and walk this out, that's where I'm going to end up at. And it, I think it can be quite amazing sometimes where the Lord shows you where he's taking you. Now, he never gives you the full picture in the sense of um, everything at once concerning your future because the just or the righteous shall live how? By faith. So there is the uh, primary part of, uh, of our lives where we walk by faith and we trust God. But when you have the gifts of the Spirit in operation in your life and, and the Holy Spirit is helping you to complete the fullness of the plan that God has for you, I tell you what, um, you, you know where you're going, praise God. And I think very importantly, you know who you are and your identity in Christ. For some of you, it's a lot richer than you have ever stopped to ponder and to realize. And so these are things we're going to touch today. We're going to be in Romans chapter 8. We're going to look at two verses that are often talked about, but we're, again, we're going to take this in a direction that's not often discussed. We're going to look at verses 14 and 16, and let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we dive into your word like deep sea scuba divers looking for precious treasures in the depths of the sea, we ask that your Holy Spirit would give revelation of divine truths that are of great value in helping us to fulfill the plan that you have for our lives. Thank you, Father, that, that you're, you're doing this right now and that these plans are unique for every individual, but we must have a blueprint. There must be a template so that we can follow the path that you have for us because we're not cookie-cutter cloned <laughs> disciples. <laughs> Thank you, Father, that you're unique and your uniqueness is expressed through your creation, your sons and daughters, your, th through humans. We thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. We give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. A lot of people uh, say that my daughter uh, looks a lot like me, th those features and certain characteristics. And that would be true. Why? Because I'm her father. <laughs> so certain parts, of not only of my, you know, uh, physical qualities, uh, you know, uh, certain uh, th things that I have that are unique to me, but also even elements of my, uh, you know, personality. She's got a part of that. And she has some uh, beautiful things for my wife that are in her because Kelly is her mother. So God is your father and his attributes will be in you. Now, even those that don't know Christ, man is still created in the image of God. And even in a fallen state or a sinful state, you still see that touch of God in the life of a person. Even if they don't follow God or acknowledge God or know God, they're still his creation. But when we come to Christ and receive him, we become sons and daughters of God. So we're in the family. Praise the Lord. Now, we're going to Romans chapter 8, and we're going to find out in more detail 
what the Lord has laid out for us. Now, I'm going to say what he has laid out for you because we're not so much talking about the collective church, although that's very important, but you as an individual, because individuals make up the body of Christ. Verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. So there is a leading of the Holy Spirit, not just a, uh, you know, stumble through the dark, try to feel your way through it, and uh, hope you can uh, break out into the open, break out into the light. No, there's the inward leading of the Holy Spirit because he's on the inside of you. Now, he can manifest upon you. He can rest upon you. The anointing can be upon you. But there is the constant abiding within the believer that we have, and that is a wonderful blessing. Every born-again Christian has the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. So you want to be led by the Holy Spirit, and there is a distinct path that he has for you. You don't want to be led by emotions and feelings, although we have emotions and feelings. God gave them to us, but not to lead us. <laughs> they're wonderful when they're kept in their correct place, but if you allow yourself to be uh, led by emotions, boy, uh, anybody knows that could um, uh, just lead you into a, a place of many regrets. So we're going to be led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will never, ever lead you contrary to the Word of God. But again, that's basic you know, introductory Christian faith right there. We all know that, that the Word and the Spirit agree. Now, verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The number one way that God leads, directs all of his people, all of his children, is by the inward leading of the Holy Spirit. And it says the Spirit bears witness with our spirit. So he'll bear witness with your spirit. And you are a spirit. You have a soul, which comprises your mind, your will, your emotions, and you live in your body. But he's going to bear witness, the Holy Spirit will, not with your body. And he will not bear witness with your emotions. He's going to bear witness with your spirit. Praise the Lord. And the primary witness that he will bear is what? That we are children of God. So I've had people literally ask me before, not, not recently, but when, you know, going back sometime, I've had people actually ask me, Stephen, how do you even know you're saved? You know, and of course, that would be a highly religious person <laughs> who thinks that, you know, you're not saved unless you follow an exact formula like, like, like they have been taught. And so they'll, they'll say, well, how do you even know you're saved? And I don't argue with them, but I just present this scripture to them. And I say, I know I am because the spirit of God bears witness with my spirit that what? That I am a child of God. And so if somebody could talk you out of a salvation experience, in other words, if it was only like a mental thing and they can talk you out of it, then uh, it's not real. But see, this is something that's not bearing witness with your body where your body might one day feel saved, the other day it doesn't feel saved. Or your emotions, which can, you know, go up or down or something like that, depending on different mood swings or this or that or the other. But he's going to bear witness with your spirit, and you just know. Maybe you can't even really explain it, but you just know that you know where in your spirit that you are born again. You have passed from spiritual death to spiritual life. And nobody can talk you out of it. They're too, they're too late to the party. You're, you're already there. <laughs> you're already in, praise God. And I'm not going to try to convince somebody who, who, who cares, right? I mean, I'm right with God. I know I'm right with God, just like you do. And if somebody can't figure that out, then that's, a, you know, that's their own uh, strange, weird issues. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So if the number one thing, which is, the the assurance of your of your salvation if the number one area that the holy spirit leads you in is the most important thing which is the uh, confirmation and constant knowing that you are saved well if he's going to lead you in that which is the most important thing he's also going to bear witness with with you in through this leading in many other areas as well so there is the 
the uh, it's been coined, the phrase has been coined as the inward witness, and that that's biblical biblical because the Holy Spirit is living on the inside of your spirit. So it's not an outward witness where you hear an audible voice talking to you all the time. <laughs> and if you are hearing an audible voice talking to you all the time, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, that's not God because God requires that we walk by faith. And yes, I have heard what some would call the audible voice of God. I've, I've heard that. I've heard angels speak at times, but not all the time because God wants me to walk my life by faith. And he's not always saying, turn left, turn right, uh, go a hundred yards straight ahead and then do this. And he's, you know, you know, you know, eat this, eat that, don't do that. No, he's, you know, br- brush your teeth now. No, no, no. Um, but he will lead you and he will guide you through the inward witness. And, and there are just certain things that, you know, this is right. You may not even know the whole Bible. Maybe you can't even find the book of Deuteronomy. You know, maybe you're new in the faith. Maybe you haven't even found the book of Revelation. (laughs) You don't even know where it's at. (laughs) You know, it is what it is, and you are where you're at right now. Praise Lord, and you're growing in the Lord. But the thing is, the Holy Spirit already lives on the inside of you, and he can lead you and guide you. That's what he does. He'll do it through the inward witness. And there's some things maybe you don't maybe have all the knowledge or insight that you would like, but Holy Spirit just, he, he bears witness. Like, for example, like, uh, don't, don't go with that person. Something's not right there. Something's not good there. And you just, you just get a sense. Something's not good. Mm, I think about, uh, an airplane crash sometime back, true story. And one of the men that was invited to go, go on the plane was a spirit filled Christian. And he said, mm, no, I'm not getting on this plane. And, you know, people are like, well, you need to get on the plane. And everybody else was getting on the plane. Well, the plane crashed. Everybody else died. And he just, he went and got another flight. It was actually a private flight. So he could have flown, you know, very conveniently on a private jet. And he said, mm, no, mm, something's not right here. And, uh, I'm getting a witness on the inside that uh, I'm not supposed to do this, and I can't even explain it, but I'm going to go book a flight. And So he booked a flight, flew on to Atlanta on a commercial flight, and the other plane crashed. Everybody on it was killed. I'm telling you, there is an inward witness of the Holy Spirit. And uh, that's, that's the primary way that God leads all of his children. The Spirit, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, what I would like to um, branch off into a little bit today now is this area where I've heard a certain cliche. I'm sure you've heard it too. If you've been around any type of spirit-filled church or spirit-filled believer for any amount of time, you've probably heard this cliche. Uh, And it's actually a true statement. But a a lot of Christians that want to put on an air of spirituality, they've picked this statement up and they've made it a cliche. And here, here's what it is. Well, now brother, that doesn't bear witness with my spirit. (laughs) Like they're a great saint. They just came out of eight hours of prayer and you've told them something that you felt would encourage them or bless them, or maybe even a word from the Lord. And they say, well, now brother, that doesn't bear witness with my spirit. So first of all, if it's Something kooky or goofy or whatever, you know, and there, you know, there, there is kooky, goofy stuff out there in the church, okay? So, um, but as you begin to grow and develop in your walk with the Lord, very, it doesn't take very long at all to kind of start getting past what you could call the, you know, the fleshly stuff, the, you know, the kind of fake stuff, uh, silly, goofy stuff. And then you move into a place where you're solid. You get a good grasp on, you know, the word and you begin to have uh, good roots put down. And so I want to talk to those who maybe the Lord is trying to get something over to you, but you feel like maybe, oh, no, that can't be God. Maybe you've even gotten some prophecies or even a prophecy that would speak to you in that direction. And you think, oh, oh, no, I'm just a little nobody. No, that can't be true. That doesn't bear witness with my spirit. Be very careful with uh, just throwing around holy things like, oh, that doesn't bear witness with my spirit. Um, Because you'll find out as you walk with the Lord that many believers, of course, if they're a believer, they're saved. But so many believers today don't have a lot of depth and it's very possible that they can pick up these cliches and throw these things around and the whole time 
What God's trying to get over to them is a true revelation, is a true prophecy, but the person doesn't have really enough maturity <laughs> or has blurred optics and they can't, they can't pick it up. So I have found that it is really quite funny that one of the first things that God will do in situations like this, because you can't, uh, maybe you're, uh, you've got the wrong filters and so you can't get it through prophecy. So the Lord will, or, or, or even the, what I would call, you can't even get it through the inner witness of the spirit. So because of these wrong filters, God has to start bringing people into your life to help reveal to you who you actually are. Now, I'm not talking about your name. I'm not talking about who you are in the sense of like where you live, what your address is, what your social security card is, your number. I'm not talking about stuff like that. I'm talking about the calling, the plan, uh, what uh, your, your spiritual DNA, what God's got cooking for you, and what he wants to see you do before your life is completed. Mm -mm. That's what I'm talking about, who you really are. And there's a lot of Christians, bless their heart, they don't really know who they are. They know they're saved. They know they love God. They know they're on their way to heaven. But as far as some of the really neat things that God has for them, oh, 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 no, that couldn't be God. That must be for somebody else. That doesn't bear witness with my spirit. So <laughs> I kind of want to take a holy wrecking ball and knock over the sacred cow of the cliche that doesn't bear witness with my spirit. Mm -mm. Now, I believe a true prophecy will always bear witness with your spirit. The problem is, is that so many Christians, their spirit is so overridden by their flesh and so overridden by their soul, and they've watched six hours of news the day before they got the prophecy, and they just, they're just like, their spirit is so shut down and clogged up that they don't, they don't see what God, the gift that God is trying to give them. And there can be, um, there can be life experiences also that caused um, the filtering system to be messed up. Now you're wearing, maybe we could call it like uh, these shaded glasses and you're viewing everything through these filtered lenses that are the, actually the wrong color. So it's not even, you're looking at something in, uh, in, in the wrong light or the wrong angle or the, or the wrong view. Uh, let, let me give you an example. I was, I was in my mid-20s and I was in a particular church I won't say the name, but a great church, great denomination, old-time Pentecostal denomination. And I loved the pastor. Uh, he loved me. I actually rented a little parsonage right behind his house. It was a little bit of efficiency. He, he had the church parsonage, and then they had the mini parsonage. Well, <laughs> I, I lived right behind him. I drove him to all of his revival meetings. I I cleaned the church. I vacuumed the carpet. I, uh, any, I, I washed his car, detailed his car. I did stuff like that all the time. And when the church opened, I was always the first one there. If I wasn't first, I was second because there was a deacon, Deacon Mack. Deacon Mack, he loved God. He had his own neat testimony where he ended up becoming uh, a great elder in the church. But he and I were always there first, ready to do anything. He was much older than me. Uh, but we were ready to do anything, and I was I was so hungry for the word. I was I was I was studying sometimes the scripture three hours a day, and then I would go pray at least an hour a day, sometimes two, maybe three hours a day. And I was just uh, and I loved my pastor, and I loved church, and I was just uh, and I, I kind of thought, well, everybody's like this, and I, I didn't have enough sense to realize, no, that's not normal. <laughs> but I had been raised in a culture in an environment where uh, I never had anything said, spoken to me in a sense that really built me up or built uh, self-worth into me. So I, I just thought, well, I'm just like a normal person. I, you know, I, there's nothing special about me. God will never use me and I'll just, I'll back and serve anybody else. But I'm just, I have really no value or worth outside of the fact that I love God. And, but the whole time I'm serving my pastor and, and always there in church, first one in, last one out and stuff like that. And th th I'm, I'm talking for like two years. One day while my pastor's preaching, 
Sunday morning, and the church's packed out from the front to the back, the, uh, all the sides, everything's jammed, jam-packed church building. He's up there preaching at the front, and this was like one of the only times I was not on the front row. I had been asked to do something to help out in one of the uh, the back rooms that needed some help, and um, so I had to step out of the main service, and then when I was done doing what I had finished, uh, the, the kind of cover, then I came in, and, I, and the only place I could sit was on the very, very back row that was against the wall. So it was not even the back row in the sanctuary, it's the back row on the wall, and the whole place was full. It was the only place I could sit. So I'm sitting back there on the very back part against the wall, my back against the wall, my head, against, you know, kind of leaning against the wall. And as my pastor was preaching, he stopped right in the middle of the sermon and said, well, thank God for Brother Brooks. We all know that Brother Brooks is called by God into the ministry. And, and he said to the church, he said, don't we? And the whole church, the entire church turned around and looked at me. They all looked at me and they said, yep, we sure do. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> you know what I thought? I thought they were all wrong. <laughs> that doesn't bear witness with my spirit. Oh, shut up and can it. <laughs> well, Pastor Stephen, how, how in the world could you not pick something like that? Oppressive upbringing, poverty, constant discouragement, um, a failure, a failure in school, uh, low grades. When I'm talking low grades, I'm talking D's, F's, ha happy to get a C, struggling in everything in life. Um, and, and I had a, 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 you know, I don't know if I could call it dysfunctional, dysfunctional type family. I had a brother, an older brother that's a, a genius. He's actually in the Mensa society today. You have to be a genius to be in that society. And, uh, uh, and he got from my dad, uh, the brains. My dad was, a, he was a brain. He was, he was like genius level. Um, so, but all, all the praise adulation heaped on my brother. And then my younger brother also, you know, he was, um, just because he's the baby brother. So he gets all that love that comes from being the baby brother. And so I'm like in the middle and I never got a bone thrown to me ever. <laughs> I mean, I was just like invisible. <laughs> So I thought, well, I, I'm not good at anything. I don't really, can't really identify any natural talent that I have, certainly not academics. Although later on, you know, later on the academic thing would get lit in me, but that was later in life. But, but I just, I just kind of always had this thing given to me like, Stephen, you're, uh, you just go sit down because you don't have anything to offer. You're not really good at anything. And so God, God would certainly never use you. And, uh, so you're just kind of like irrelevant to the big picture. You're, you know, you're not even a cog in the wheel. And so I had such low self-esteem that it's almost like God had to hit me over the head with a bat to get me to realize that the prophecies that he were, he was speaking to me were, were valid, were genuine and were real. And so he starts upping the game by doing funny things like that. Well, the entire church about you, there's about maybe 400 people in the meeting all turned and looked at me and said, yep, they all turned. Every person turned. Think about how that feels. <laughs> you know, when you're in your young twenties and you're trying to, you're trying to solidify who you are, what you're going to do in life. And they all turn and look at me and say, yep, he sure is. And, uh, it just, it just started, it, it started to wake up. Maybe, maybe it could be. And so, you know, you, you have to look at what others are also speaking to you because God speaks through others. He speaks through others. If you can't pick it up on your own. I remember when I was 18 years old and in high school and just, you know, kind of having fun and, you know, ready to finish high school and, go on to the next phase of life, whatever that was going to be. And so even then though, uh, you know, I remember that in the summer, our, our church would send the young people off. They would send us off to a, like a Christian youth camp. And every time I'd go there, I'd come alive. I'd get on fire. And I'd come back. I'd be so on fire for God and love the Lord. And that eventually would uh, kind of like taper off and wear off because we didn't know how to sustain it. We didn't know how to keep the fire lit. We didn't know anything about Pentecost. We didn't really, we didn't know anything about a prayer life or anything like that. But when it, when it hit me and I was in it, I, I was just like, I came alive. And so one day while walking through the, the foyer of the church, after the service was over, the pastors in the back 
shaking everybody's hand as they go out. And he stopped and he looked at me. His, pastor, his name was Pastor Benny. And he said, Stephen, have you ever thought about being a minister? You really need to think about that. And I was like, oh, 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 no, God, no, God would never choose me to be a minister. And I, besides, I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to go do something else. <laughs> I didn't know what it was, but anything but that. <laughs> you know, what I actually wanted to do, I actually wanted to travel the world. I wanted to travel. I wanted to go to exotic places. And would you know, would you know that was all baked into the calling that God had for me? That was all, all that travel, all that travel bug was all baked into everything that God had planned for my life. Please, my friends, listen to those around you. If you struggle with your identity in Christ and you struggle with God touching you and working through you, please, if you're having a hard time just getting it from God, at least please consider what others are trying to say to you because when it keeps coming, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's coming from headquarters on high. And those are things you need to consider. Praise the Lord. Amen. I remember, uh, I'm just giving some examples. I remember when I was in college, I was 20 years old, and uh, I got a part-time job working at McDonald's. And I still, you know, I'm, I'm running track, and I'm having fun in college. Doing, doing uh, Actually, when I was a sophomore, was actually when I ran my fastest time uh, in college, you know, middle distance runner and stuff like that. Uh, I got sick later and never really bettered my times. Different story. But anyhow, when I was in college, I still didn't really have a true sense of what am I supposed to do. Now I'm going to try to end up getting a degree, and I'm going to try to go a certain direction in life, but I didn't even know if I was going to end up using that. And actually, I didn't. But here's what did happen. One day, while I was working at McDonald's, I'm 20 years old, still don't really understand God's plan for my life. I'm working at McDonald's as, as the, um, they put me on cashier. And so, you know, somebody would step up and I'd say, um, you know, welcome to McDonald's. What, what can I get for you? And, uh, you know, they would say like, well, you know, I want the uh, quarter pounder meal. Well, you, what would you like to drink? Oh, Dr. Pepper, okay, so whatever the case might be. So one morning, I'm kind of like knocking the line out, you know, going to the people. And this man steps up and I said, hello, good morning. Welcome to McDonald's. What can I, what can I get for you today? And he stopped and he looked at me and he said, son, he said, I work for the largest FM radio station in Dallas, Texas. And he said, son, you really need to think about having a career where you do something with your voice because you have a very unusual, unique voice that it, it's not this. You do you not have a normal voice. <laughs> and I said, really? He said, yes. He said, trust me. This, this, he said, I'm, I'm a professional DJ. This is what I do for a living. And, and I said, well, thank you. And I didn't, but you know, I didn't know what to do with that. Guess what? It's all in the mix. It's all in the mix, all in the package of what God had for me. And I couldn't see it. Oh no, God, God would never do that. God, that, that doesn't bear witness with my spirit. Oh, can it? <laughs> the only reason it doesn't bear witness with your spirit is because your spirit is so buried, maybe under discouraged discouragement maybe suppressed because of um, just constant, you know, uh, difficult things that hit you in life. But I'm here today to speak to your spirit. Woo! Glory to God. Amen. Get ready to get hit with a revelation that knocks you off your feet because the lion of the tribe of Judah is going to roar and he's going to blow away the smog and he's going to blow away the fog. And you're going to see exactly what God has called you to do and who he has called you to be. And it's going, it's going to just jolt you. And then you're going to say, Oh, Oh my hallelujah. That bears witness with my spirit. Well, welcome to the program. <laughs> Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. So we'll not say it from a cliche, but we'll say it from a revelation. Yes, that bears witness with my spirit. Today, I'm talking about the wonder of personal prophecy. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Glory to God. Mm -mm. My, 
my wife, uh, Pastor Kelly, last night was watching a, uh, a program on Facebook. I, I don't know if it's even a program, but it was like a live-streamed meeting of a young lady that's uh, doing a great, great work for the Lord. And um, this young woman was only saved, I mean, I think maybe she's 31 or 32 years old, so it's not really young in a sense, but she's still kind of young in the faith, and she's really on fire for the Lord, and she had gotten saved not too long ago, just a couple of years ago, and before she got saved, she wanted to be a Hollywood actor, and that was her focus. And she, I mean, she was dialed in. That was her goal, and she was an incredible singer, and she's going to be a Hollywood actor, and she has the talent and so forth to do that. But then she got saved, and when she got saved, she changed her vision, or she changed her goal, and she wanted to use the talents that the Lord had given her for His glory, so she changed her whole plan, and she decided that she's now going to be a Christian pop star. She's going to be a music pop star, but a Christian one. She's so excited. You know what? All of her friends said, yes, that's it. That's what you're supposed to do. Yes, that's God. And we'll support you. We'll stand with you. and We'll, we'll help you on your social media to push your social media and all of this and all of that. Some of you don't know who you are. Just like she didn't quite fully understand who she was until a prophet came to town one day from Africa, a true prophet. And she's in the meeting and he's ministering. And she's, and he says, you, you're called by God to be an apostle. <laughs> Whoa. Well, now don't, don't start that with me, that stuff. Well, that, that doesn't bear with bear witness with my spirit. That's cause you don't even know about these things yet. Sit back and relax. Let God speak to you the true word of the Lord. And the, the prophet, the true prophet said, you're supposed to be an apostle. And um, gave her the word. And she's left with this staggering word from God. I'm supposed to be an apostle. I better find out what all this stuff is and what this is about. And whoo, she dove right in. And today she's ministering uh, in the parks of Los Angeles leading many to the Lord, casting out demons left and right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do, do you see the vast shift from Hollywood star to an apostle casting demons out of people, getting people saved? Do you, do you see the difference? <laughs> I'm telling you, get ready. God's going to blow the fog out. He's going to show you your identity. And I believe when you see it, you're going to shout to praise the Lord. Glory to God. Now, let me say this. Whenever you get a powerful prophecy from a genuine prophet, you need to really, really weigh that and consider that. When I'm, I'm talking about a prophet, I'm talking about somebody that's proven, somebody that, uh, you know, and, and the prophet's ministry is a, is a call into a full-time office. I mean, when somebody's doing something full-time, you, you might want to think, hey, uh, they're doing it for their living. They're, they're probably pretty good at it. Mm -mm. But even if the person does not stand in the full-time office of a prophet, but they're speaking something to you and they're picking up on something because they're, they're a spiritual person, well, you really need to weigh in on that and pray about that. E even if you, quote, don't bear witness to it, uh, you know, you really need to pray about that. Mm -mm. Especially when they are multiple prophecies that keep coming in and they're in the same vein. They're in that same tight flow. Then you can take it to the bank. This is God's message to you. Mm -mm. You know, for years, when I came into Pentecost, it, it, it took about, oh, well, really, it, it took me getting around the prophetic it took me getting around prophets. It took me getting around people that, that could hear from the Lord. And the moment I started doing that, I started getting prophecies. And I started getting uh, prophetic words from, um, actually, I was privileged to be in a very thick prophetic culture. And I, be I belonged to a church where some of the greatest prophets in the world would come through to speak and minister. 
And I started getting words. Once I get in, got around that type of circle, I started getting words to me on an ongoing basis. I probably have uh, 20 words uh, that are all from heavyweight prophets. I probably have five words that would be probably from the top five or top seven prophets on the earth today. And they all, watch this, they all would start off with one type of a thing. Thus says the Lord, you're called to the nations. <laughs> I am? Oh, I don't even have a passport. <laughs> that doesn't bear witness of my spirit. Now, I, I never said that. I, ne- I was never stupid enough in the presence of a prophet to disagree with him. I hope you aren't either. Don't ever say, well, I, I, I you know, now hold on just a minute. Mm-mm. They would all start launching off that platform. I see that you're called to the nations. And I've never gone anywhere. I've never gone anywhere. But yet today I've traveled to many nations. And now we're also ministering out through, uh, you know, television to a lot of nations. But I've also been to a lot. And I'm going to go to a lot more because... The Lord has given me not only a preaching ministry and a teaching ministry, but also a ministry of the laying on of hands. Now, not all ministers have a ministry of the laying on of hands, but I do. And, and uh, you, would, you see that a lot in what we would call spirit-filled type circles. And it's not just in Pentecost-type churches. If you're, I've seen a lot of Catholic charismatics uh, ministers that also had laying on a hands ministry. So, um, and you, you would, uh, you could also look into even certain, uh, Anglican and even some Baptist ministers who were filled with the Holy spirit that they also had a ministry of laying on of hands. But my wife and I both have a ministry of laying on of hands for the sick and also for those to receive the baptism in the Holy spirit. I can get in meetings. And if there are those in the meeting who have not been filled with the Holy spirit, uh, doesn't matter if there's 10 people or, uh, a thousand people I can get, I can get them all filled with the Holy spirit. That's a, that is a ministry gift. That's just something that God gave to me. I know exactly the date that anointing was imparted to me and I've used it all over the nation and all over the world. <laughs> and I'm going to use it a whole lot more. Praise God. So that requires me to go. It requires me not only to be in front of a camera that requires me to go because I want to put my hands on people because the Lord has given me a ministry of laying on of hands. But see, these are things that were prophesied. And some of these things I was just like, whoo, Lord, you know, but you know, you just let it assimilate into your spirit and then you pray and you begin to see hallelujah. And some of you need that strong prophetic jolt. You need something that just comes in and will just blast. Praise God. All the mundaneness and all of the, uh, maybe we could call it the daily grind off of your life so that you could see the higher cause and purpose of what God has for you. Praise the Lord. Let's go very quickly to the book of Judges. Judges chapter 6, verse 14. Maybe some of you feel like Gideon today, and you need somebody to come and tell you who you really are. Mm-mm. If you feel like you can't quite get it from the Lord, maybe you don't trust your hearing ear. Oh, God can send somebody that'll give it to you loud and clear. Praise the Lord. Now, I, I personally think it's best to get it from the Lord, you and the Lord one-on-one. <laughs> Because the Lord's methods of delivery, they're always, they're always, um, uh, if you can, if you're mature enough to take it that way, it's going to be better. Uh, the, the, the vessel that he pours it through might not be as polished, uh, you know, of course it wouldn't be as a polished of a delivery as him. So, um, but there's many different ways and it's all good when it comes from the Lord. Judges chapter six, verse 14, then the Lord turned to him and said, and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Gideon's probably thinking, Oh, you, you have? Uh, Lord, you sure you, got, you sent the angel to the right place? <laughs> As if God could make a mistake. You need to accept who God has made you to be who he's called you to be, your uniqueness. And when he made you, broke the mold, there's never another you. Praise God. And only you can do what he's called you to do. 
in that special way. Praise God. So step into it today with a smile and the joy of the Lord in your heart. Praise God. Mm-mm. Have I not sent you? Oh, Pastor Stephen, God never sent me. I'm irrelevant. I'm just a little bitty ant. I'm a nothing in, in his eyes. Oh, stop saying all of that and just receive it. Just accept it. Just take it and walk with it. Thank God for it. We don't need a whole bunch of false humility groveling on the ground. Just get up, go. Hallelujah. God chose you. It is, it is what it is. It's God's blessing, God's plan. Just go. Praise the Lord. And I'm not just talking about ministry. You know, I'm not talking about just maybe being a deliverer like Gideon, although that could be the case. But it could be that God's calling uh, somebody to be a millionaire, multimillionaire, running up into the hundreds of millions or beyond or beyond. Praise the Lord. Oh, God could never do that for me. Oh, 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 no, Pastor Stephen. Just, just receive it. Just receive it. Some people just throw up walls of the fence. Oh, no, not me. Well, we've got plenty of Gideons still around today, but God, when God's determined to work through a person, might as well just yield because you're it. You're it. Praise God. So he said to, to him, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in, it, in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. And, of course, he ends up working with God's agenda, and it all comes to pass. And it will all come to pass to you as well. My friends, go ahead and receive the plan. Go ahead and receive the vision. I'm talking about your inheritance, your assignment, your anointing, your calling, your destiny. Step into it. Consider what others have said to you. Not, not, not others like in the flesh that just say like, um, oh yeah, be the Hollywood actor. Oh yeah, be the Christian pop star. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. No, those that are spiritual that just pick up and sometimes not even spiritual, just people that God speaks through. I drove up to the Starbucks. I told you, uh, I shared this a couple of months ago. Uh, I just had finished a fast. I think I fasted for maybe like nine days. Yeah, I think it was nine. No, it was 10. I fasted for 10 days. And, and I'm not, I'm not sh- sharing that to try to be spiritual. I'm just sharing that to let you know that, look, we're trying to walk this walk. We're trying to live for the Lord and actually engage in the spiritual disciplines that he that he actually says we need to be involved in praying, giving, fasting, etc. And so I drove up to the Starbucks, not thinking anything. I'm not even, I'm not dressed up like a preacher. I'm relaxed. I'm wearing, I think I'm just wearing a t-shirt and I drove up to the Starbucks to order a latte. And the guy at the window, I, I'd never met him before. Uh, uh, I don't, I don't even think he's there anymore, but seemed to be there just for a short, maybe a few days or something like that. But there's a guy working there I've never seen before. And he, you know, he says, um, hi, uh, can I take your order? And I said, yes, I would like. And, he's, and he looked at me. And I, I told him what I wanted. And he looked at me and he said, he said, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. He said, I don't know you, but just by looking at you, you if you look to me like you would be an international minister, you look to me like you would be a preacher that has a worldwide television ministry. And my wife said to him, she hollered over from the passenger seat. She said, he, he does. He does have an international television ministry. He, he is a, a minister traveling around the world. <laughs> and she said to him, are you a Christian? And he said, no. <laughs> she was like, well, how do you see that? He said, I just, I just see, I just see, I see you. That's who you are. God, God wants to unveil what he's got cooking for you. And he wants to unveil who you really are. Listen, listen, he can speak through anybody saved or unsaved especially saved, of course, but even unsaved. Mm, mm, mm. That was the first thing I had eaten since I had come off the fast. I got my 
I got my latte and I got some banana bread. And so it was just also the Lord blessing saying, I heard your prayers and I'm confirming that I'm hearing you. (laughs) Glory to God. (laughs) I'm just telling you, God doesn't make mistakes. I can't believe what that prophet said to me. Maybe you should consider it. Maybe I can't believe what they prophesied about me. Maybe you should consider it. Mm-mm. Oh, it's too good to be true. Maybe you should really consider it. Mm-mm. Today we're talking about the wonder of personal prophecy. One more, Exodus chapter 4, verse 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, O oh my Lord, I am not eloquent. Neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. He's basically trying to get out of the calling, trying to get out of the assignment. God says, you're the man. I've chosen you to lead my people out of captivity. Oh, God, you know, I can't talk right. You know, I, you know Lord, you know, I, I, can't really, I can't really receive this prophetic uh, blessing that you're giving to me. I just, you know, maybe you've got the wrong guy. So the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seen or the blind? Have not I, the Lord, God doesn't make mistakes on his callings or his assignments or on who he chooses or selects. He didn't make a mistake when he spoke those things to you. He didn't make a mistake. He didn't overpromise when he pulled the curtain back a little bit. You could see on the other side your future. He didn't make a mistake when that prophet or prophetess was sent to you and gave you a word that really made you come alive. Praise the Lord. But my friends, you must engage in faith with what the Lord has said, and you must pray. And the gold will always settle at the bottom. What's heavy goes down and settles at the bottom. And I believe that God has spoken golden words to you. And if it were difficult for you to receive it from the Lord, because maybe of some damaged goods within your emotions or within your soul, then the Lord would endeavor to continue to speak it through others over and over and over again until it eventually begins to come alive. Hey, God can do this through me. Yes, he can. Praise the Lord. I remember the time that Dr. Lester Sumrall was in the Philippines and there was a national crisis on television every day, in the newspapers every day, of the demonized woman who was so demonized that uh, none of the ministers on the island, Catholic priests, nobody, nobody could get her delivered And uh, one certain priest tried to do an exorcism, and the demon spoke to the possessed girl and said, you're trying to challenge me? You'll be dead by tomorrow. And he was dead by tomorrow. And then, of course, that sent terror through people, and this is being put on TV and all of the newspapers. Another minister has died, (laughs) you know, trying to do deliverance. (laughs) And so the Lord spoke to Lester Summerall one night and said, go deliver her. And Lester Summerall said, Lord, you know, there's like, there's like 5 million people in this city. Isn't there somebody else in this nation or city that you can send? And the Lord said, no, you're the only one that I have trained, equipped, empowered to do this job. And so go do it. Oh, this is what some of you do. Oh, God, that doesn't bear witness with my spirit. Oh, there's a thousand other ministers on the island. Oh, that, oh, You know, you just have to accept that God has certain things designated for you, and he's throwing the ball to you. It's coming to you. Mm -mm. Get ready to run with it. Praise the Lord. Talk about football. If it's basketball, get ready to shoot it. Because you're up. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. So we might as well just sweep out all the false humility expressed through groveling and, oh, I'm not worthy and all of that. Look, we know we aren't. But through the blood of Christ, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. So it is what it is. So let's just get on with it. Praise God. Give all the glory and move forward. Praise the Lord. And of course, Dr. Sumrall went on to minister to that young woman 
and delivered her. It was a battle, but she was eventually delivered, and it swept millions <laughs> into the body of Christ. <laughs> it swept masses of people because it went all over TV, all over, all over the newspapers. Could not the story could not be hidden. <laughs> Glory to God, Hallelujah! Well, you might not be on the front line with that type of exposure, but then again, who knows? You might be. It is what it is. The prophecies are directing you in a certain direction. It is what it is. So accept it and embrace it. And I've learned over the years, here's something I've learned, that I I sense when I have a word for somebody and that word is beyond their current level of understanding. In other words, um, I I know the prophecy, the fulfillment of it is a ways out. But even the utterance of it is going to stretch the person like a rubber band. I just know, give it. But here's how I give it. I give it and I walk off. I don't look at their startled expression, which I'm sure it is a startled expression. I give the prophecy. I speak it and I, I just move on to the next person or I just, you know, I go on because I'm not there to like, tried to convince you this is of God. Well, that, that, that didn't bear witness with my spirit. That's because you're a spiritual baby. And once you grow out of the diaper stage, you'll get to a point where you get solid in the Lord and you realize who you are, that you are of great value and great worth to God. Then it'll come back to you. It'll come sweeping back to you and the seed will turn into the, it will grow then into the tree the oak of righteousness that God has designed it to be. Woo, glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. (laughs) It reminds me of uh, Prophet Kenneth Hagin, a blessed memory, who when his ministry first started off, he said, God, I'll preach this message all over Texas. I'll preach this message of of healing all over Texas. I'll take it all the way down to the Rio Grande. I'll take it as far as the Rio Grande. <laughs> Aren't you glad it went a little bit further than that? I'm being uh, a little bit funny there because it went around the world. Praise God. Praise God. I've been, I've been, I was in a hut, a mud hut in Africa one time, and there sitting in that rural remote hut was a word of faith book by Charles Capps. So, so the teachings of Kenneth Hagin, which inspired Charles Capps and, and so many other ministers just went around the world and um, continues, continues to be a core truth, the word of faith, a core teaching truth that is an essential for walking in victory for any believer. Praise God. Amen. But my friends, it's bigger than what you thought. Now, yes, you walk it out step by step, phase by phase. But when God prophesies something that is of an elephant proportion, don't try to just like, you know, think, well, no, no, it only bears witness in my spirit that I'm to be an ant. No, no. If you get get an elephant-sized word, just chew on it and, um, you know, and when the Holy Spirit allows that to settle its gold, then you see that it is. Well, then just, you know, stick with it. Stick with it. Now, look, when I teach this message, I know that there can be a young Christian or two that can hear this and they think, oh, yes, yes. Now, I had a dream. I had a dream that I was going to be the president. Well, you know, I had a dream that I will be the first one to step foot on Mars. And my brother-in-law told me that I would be. He, he had a dream also. Well, you know, I don't know about all of that, uh, but I, I'm just saying get to a place where you can just throw the goofy out. We, I, I think we all know the goofy when we hear the goofy, but I'm talking about the real, the real you, praise the Lord, that is in that stream, that is in that line that will be repeated over and over by prophetic friends or even if God needs to or if even if he, just, if he just wants to, to display his glory, can even do it through unsaved people, speak things through unsaved people. If God can speak through a donkey like he did to Balaam, I mean, he can not only speak words of correction, that's what we think about with the donkey, but he can also speak words of revelation. He can do all kinds of things. And he's, he's used 
animals in very unusual ways for me, including birds, flies, dogs. <laughs> I, could go, I could go on. <laughs> oh, you sit in the Bible too. Fish, all kinds of things. Praise the Lord. It's all good. It's all good. Now, Father, I pray for your people. The Lion of Judah is about to roar, and the roar will clear the heavens. It will clear the heavens, the spiritual atmosphere. And when that blue sky, prophetic blue sky appears, then they will see, they will, not all of it, but they'll see a glimpse of where you're taking them, and they'll see a glimpse of prophetic fullness. Father, even as Paul said, we, we prophesy in part, but you're going to give them a part. That, that part alone will be enough to light them up, Woo! and also to step up, step up into that calling. Now, we thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name, let the hour of revelation come. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Now, this may, this may sound kind of funny. Now that I'm speaking with these things in hindsight, there was a time I couldn't really even hardly visualize myself going to the nation's. You know, I've wore passports out. My wife and I, we've had to go get new passports. Why? Because they've been stamped so many times, we have to go get another one. There's literally no room for an um, immigration person to stamp another stamp while we're going into another country. I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with that. Praise the Lord. There used to be a time I could, I could hardly even grasp, wow, going to preach in another country. Wow, how could such a thing be? Well, it's been done. Done it a whole bunch, going to do it a whole bunch more. Praise God. Amen. So don't, don't just throw something out. Oh, that doesn't bear witness with my spirit. Be very careful. The wonder of personal prophecy. Mm-mm. I think till this day, one of the most powerful prophecies I've received was, I, called her, I, I call her Goldie. Maybe I should call her Goldilocks. Um, but it happened to me uh, in a meeting one time, uh, only a, a few years, maybe like five years ago. And this was a lady that was a graduate. She, she was an old, uh, old lady. She was a graduate of Wade Taylor's Bible College, the Pinecrest Bible College. So she graduated, you know, many, <laughs> many years ago, because <laughs> that closed down a long time ago. And so she would be a, uh, a much older lady now. Um, but she was working at Walmart. Uh, part-time. So she's like the Walmart Goldilocks prophetess. And she gave me a prophecy that was just so, whew, I mean, on fire, just light, your, light, light my hair on fire, just about. <laughs> and I can't act like, I can't act like, well, I have to ignore that. No, I have to really heed what she said, because it, it had a lot of words of knowledge also baked into it. And it was, it was one that maybe you could say, would be off the charts, or, you know, you could say, well, that doesn't bear witness with my spirit. Well, hold on. I think I'd need to let my spirit expand a little bit on this, plus, plus her proven track record. Praise the Lord. So my friends, just always be ready for those things that can stretch you. And just because it stretches you, don't, don't throw it away. No. Just, just pray and be open to the great things that God has for you. Because when it's of the Lord, it'll be repetitive. It'll be God continually pointing to, to the core, the core destiny that he has planned for you. Actually, that he completely formulated for you before you ever popped out into the earth. While, while Jeremiah the prophet was still in his mother's womb, God had already called him as a prophet to the nations. Oh, yes, he was a prophet to Israel, but his, his prophetic ministry just jumped borders. He, he was internationally known. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, Father, we thank you again that this word be sealed in the hearts of your people through the precious blood of Christ. The enemy, the birds of the air will not come and steal it. We thank you, Father God. This message, the seed of this word, will produce the 100-fold harvest in the lives of your people. They will walk in the fullness of their callings. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you're watching today's program and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
You can only reach prophetic fulfillment through salvation in him. The true destiny can only be unveiled by being in him. Without that, you may could maybe pick it up a little bit, but you're way off on the radar. You're way over on the side. You need to get in the center of God's will. If you would like to receive Christ now, as your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross and rose from the dead on the third day. Jesus, you died and rose again to save sinners. And Jesus, I come to you and I ask you to wash all of my sins away and make me new in you. Write my name in your book of life. I give you my heart now. Jesus, I take you as my Lord and Savior right now. From this day forward, take complete control of my life. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Woohoo! <laughs> Woo! Glory. Glory to God. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Praise the Lord. Now say this say, I'm coming into the fullness of my calling, of my destiny, of my assignment. Woo! Praise God. Say this say, the powerful prophetic word of God is coming to me now. Mm-mm. Get ready for your blue sky moment. Get ready to hear the roar of the Lion of Judah, Mm-mm. and revelation will fall. It could be that an angel will speak the word to you, or that you could have some type of supernatural experience, but something's going to happen. Get ready. Praise the Lord. Let's take Holy Communion. I would like to invite you to grab some unleavened bread. You can use one of these little wafers and some grape juice. And let's pray. Let's pray. Mm, mm, mm. Some of you, you feel a fire. You feel real hot. You feel real hot on the inside. That's the Holy Spirit burning in you with holy fire. That is the spirit of revelation. Mm, 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 mm. Hallelujah. And clouds are already beginning to clear. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this bread, this juice. We pray over it now and we consecrate it through this prayer. We set it apart as holy. And we thank you that it is now blessed. And this is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you that it's in the form of what would appear to be bread and juice, but it is the flesh and blood of Christ. And Father, as we receive the flesh of Jesus, we thank you for the gift of prophecy. We thank you for the gifts of your spirit. We thank you that life is very exciting with your Holy Spirit. And we thank you also for the baptism in your Holy Spirit. So we can walk in this freedom, this fullness that you have for us moving fluently and fluently in your kingdom. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. We thank you for the blue skies. We thank you for the fog being blown away as we receive the body of Jesus now in his name. Amen. Let's receive. Heavenly Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. And we ask that if we have committed any sins, you would wash all of our sins away. And Father, if anyone has wronged us or sinned against us, we completely forgive them and we bless them. Father, we, we will not return evil for evil. We will not return reviling for reviling. But we will give a blessing because we are called to inherit a blessing. Thank you, Father. We bless, we bless even our enemies. We thank you, Father. We give you praise. We give you praise. We bless you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father God, that we're living in very, very incredible times. 
where the glory of the Lord is rising upon us. We give you praise and we are being made as lights to the nations to lift up Christ. And as we exalt Christ, as we lift him up, he will draw all men unto himself. Father, thank you for the blood, for the blood of Jesus and its mighty cleansing power. We receive it now with great thanksgiving in his name. We pray. Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Mm -mm. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just wait on the Lord for a moment. Lord, we praise you. We worship you. Just lift your hands. Oh God, we praise you. We worship you. We thank you. We thank you for the gift of prophecy. We thank you that you're able to speak. Oh God, we thank you that you're, um, you're not mute. You are a God that talks. You're the only God that talks. There is no other God but you. <laughs> we thank you, Lord, for speaking. You speak through your word, but you also speak personally to your sons and your daughters. We thank you for the gift of prophecy coming. We thank you, Father God, for revelation of your perfect will and plan for our lives. And we thank you, Father, just as the gifts of the Spirit often function in tandem, like our hand, when we go to pick something up, we often use more than just one finger. There's others involved. So, Father, when the gifts of your Spirit operate, it's often other gifts mixed in. So we thank you for the gift of prophecy. We thank you for the gift of the word of wisdom and the other gifts that also can manifest as well, including the gift of special faith. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. And I thank you, O oh God, that as your people sleep, there will be sweet sleep and there will be sweet dreams. You're going to visit many of your people in the night. Get ready. Father, we praise you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Be very sensitive to receiving a dream from the Lord in your sleep. And please, the moment you realize it, that has happened, you have, you have a God dream, please record it, write it down, record it in a format that it can never be lost or forgotten. Praise God. You'll be glad you did. Father, bless your people in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.